Whoa! Pick up your lager. It's time for saga. Head to the fridge and go grab a lager. We're gonna read a comic called Saga. It's a space operatic adventure. It's not just for geeks. It's for those who love culture. Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. It's a brilliant mashup of all of your favourite things. A girl with wings and a guy with horns. They're trying to protect their lovely little newborn. A cat who spots lies. A babysitter who is dead. There's even a man with the television for a head. He's got a television for a head. Whoa! What a saga! We're what a saga. That's right. We're reading the comic book saga from Image Comics. If you don't know what that is, then where have you been? Good golly! It's a comic book about uh, some people in space, and there's love, there's drama, there's action, there's adventure, there's war, there's all kinds of shenanigans going on. Uh, and we're reading it, and we think you should be reading it too. Uh, I am joined by a couple of people who are reading this book with me. Uh, the first is Miss Emma Warrillow. How are you, good lady? Hello, I am absolutely smashing, thanks. Lovely. Yep, great. Good. And uh, there's someone else here as well, Dave. Dave Wimbledon. That'll be me. Yep, I'm yeah. here too. I'm good, thank you. I don't know if you asked, but I'm all right. Well, I didn't, but now I'm happy that you're you doing well. Care. I know um, you. How, how, have you, how have you been? Up to anything? Uh, you get 30 seconds to tell me what you've been up to this week. Got my hair cut. You did. I like it. It's a good Big look. haircut. Yeah. Rebrand. I Yeah. I turn 40 in February next year and I'm starting the process of having a... Uh, midlife crisis. A, a brand refresh. Oh. A midlife awakening, I like to call it. That's a good idea. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Dave, what have you been up to this week? You have not got a haircut. Actually, I cut <laughs> my own hair today. Did you? Yep. Buzzed it. Yep. Yeah. Buzz cut. Um, I went to this... Like giant activity inflatables out on a lake thing that adults do, even though it's very childish. It's great fun, but exhausting, I have to say. And then the mm. next day I couldn't move because I am already 40 and shouldn't be doing stuff like that. But yeah, it was good. No, but what I've realised, I'm having an absolute meltdown of a crisis. You're having a saga? But, but a saga. what a saga. What I've realised is for the far past about five weeks, all I've done for about 10 hours a day is I watched the World Championship Athletics, then I watched the Commonwealth Games, and now I've been watching the European Championships for two weeks. So all I've done for 10 hours a day for five weeks is just watch... Watch track and minor, field. Yeah, watch track and field. No, but, uh, well, uh, Commonwealth Games, you know, it's got weightlifting and... But you have a child, and, and it's the summer holidays. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She watches it with I don't know how choice. Chief runs his life. It doesn't seem I've been watching it now. I'm watching the javelin in the background. <laughs> You've got yeah. you have got an addiction to watching sport. You don't have a time for a, you don't even have a time for a job, do you? I like minor sport, so I don't like any of your soccer um, or your rugby or your cricket. Uh, if it's minor, then I'm in. You like niche. If it's major and it's popular, then I'm out. What do you like about the minor sports? I don't think the people doing them would appreciate them being labelled as minor sports. <laughs> no, no. What I love, theory. what I love, and I've always since 2008 Beijing Olympics. Every time there's a winter or a summer Olympics, or every two years in that cycle, I take, not that I'm working right now, but I would take 14 or 17 days off work and watch that just with two TVs and two laptops and watch four sports at the same time. Because I love these people who get paid jack diddly and seem to work harder than any 
£200,000 a week footballer uh, who moans about too many games. These, these are true athletes, blood, sweat and tears, in the gym, sacrificing their lives, their families, all to try and throw a big pointy stick and get a gold medal around their neck. That is respect from the chief. I watched gymnastics earlier today. Incredible what these people do. Incredible. You'll watch anything. It's insane. I mean, gymnastics is good, to be fair. I'll watch that. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. you're not walking, you're watching long distance running? 10,000? Yeah. Meters. Oh, yeah. 5,000 metres, 1,500. The middle distances. Love all that. Love all that. Do you think there's something in that that you maybe would like to do that? Well, not now. I'm 46. No. But i tell you what I could do, uh, not to sidetrack the pod too much, but I feel like I could go on the uh, MLE tour, which is the Major League Eating Tour. Uh, in America it's an actual <laughs> real live tour where they go around city to city doing things uh, you know eating 10 pizzas in 10 minutes or eating 50 you burritos because every 4th of July uh, in New York Nathan's famous hot dog competition takes place there's like $50,000 prize for, for coming first and Joey Chestnut is the king of hot dog eating I think his world record is something like 76 foot long hot dogs in 10 minutes oh my so that God. that equates to about twenty thousand calories so he's consuming one oh. day's adult food in 10 minutes more oh, than no, a day it sounds like more than a day yeah, yeah. two thousand two no no uh, sorry sorry ten he's days. oh twenty thousand sorry ten days yeah sorry yeah he's sorry he's consuming <laughs> ten, ten days get, worth of adult food do you get disqualified if you vom i was gonna uh, say right? yes you have to you you can vom but you have to put it all back in <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I, you, I bet someone's yeah, died doing one jobs. of those. Yeah, there's a, a brilliant documentary. It's a 30 for 30 ESPN documentary. Uh, it's on Love Disney+. Plus. Uh, I think yeah. I tried to get your man to watch it, Ems. I'll watch that. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, but anyway, we're not here place. to talk about Major League Eating. Uh, <laughs> have you people, although we will talk about drinks, because have that you headed... That sounds like a cheap podcast, though. Have you headed to the fridge and grabbed yourself a lager well my beverage my lager of choice today is um a tea (laughs) (laughs) so it it takes me about two days to recover from a party these days and this is my second day of my hangover so i i have a cup of dorset tea yeah you do in a dorset tea mug and i am in dorset what more it's, do you need? It's like What's Dorset Inception. Serendipitous. And if Dorset Tea do not sponsor this podcast after that, <laughs> then there's nothing more I can do for us. Then they will not be featured on this podcast again. No. <laughs> yeah. Now, is no, it just a breakfast chance. tea? No, it's a mint. But uh, I haven't been having enough fun with my teas. I discovered you can put like ice in them, lemonade. <laughs> you can make all these like punches. Alcohol. Yeah, so we, yeah, race, we recently hamster sat for one of Evelyn's school friends they went away to France and we hamster sat and my wife is allergic <laughs> that's very to... that I mean, that's sounds last like you're long, just sitting there watching a hamster well, for the my night my wife is allergic to creatures she's not allergic to dogs but or but she is allergic to a lot of animal hair and fur so what that meant was also let's couple in the fact that my kid is afraid of hamsters. So basically, it was Chief doing all the work for that hamster. That's so then, a when bad they job for when they family. came to pick up when they came to pick up little Fluffy, um, who is a boy, but they haven't told their daughter it's a boy. She thinks it's a girl still. So when they came to pick Just up the Fluffmeister, 
Uh, they dropped off, you know, some a, a present, a little bracelet for Evelyn, and a lovely fruity pomegranate and raspberry tea for my wife as a thank you for her looking after the hamster. And I was like, nope, that was me. I didn't tell him it was me, but <laughs> my wife's like, I'm having that tea. And on the subject of tea, it was lovely. It was a French pomegranate and raspberry tea, but it was a loose leaf, and it had all big bits of cranberries and pomegranates and you had to put it in one of those little you know mesh containers and dangle mm, it lovely like, well, so someone else dangling in this issue we're going to get to you <laughs> dangle that nice. into your tea and oh lovely, lovely. my wife sarah is going to love this content i have to say a tea podcast <laughs> should be all over oh she's that. a big tea drinker <laughs> yeah she drinks all those fruity teas what have you got there dave so you might know this ems if i may call you that it's yeah. uh old thumper have you heard of that one no it's Ringwood from Brewery Ringwood. down the road. Yeah, down so the road. Daniel, down the road. Oh my you. god! Look at our Dorset themed drinks. <laughs> right, we are on brand. Yeah. How it's is good. it? Yeah, it's nice. Yep. That is what a pale ale is it? Yes. It's Did best you get that when you were down here? Check and a cow pie. No check. And uh, now I, I got it at the bottom of the road. Oh. Yeah, it's nice. What have but you got? Just the bo- there wasn't a shop. It was just yeah. at the bottom of the road. <laughs> just on the floor. <laughs> I sent you. A, I sent you a WhatsApp. Have a look at what I've sent you. A WhatsApp. Oh my days. Well, this is right. great content for listeners. So this is a... I'm holding it up it. here now. We'll take a picture. This is a oh, Corsten yeah, Press uh, beetroot drink. That is with, my actual worst nightmare. With a splash of apple. I'll put some ice cubes in there. Let's try it. It looks like Ribena. I'm guessing it doesn't taste like Ribena. <sighs> that, oh, that is pure beetroot juice. Oh, no. I couldn't really tell you what beetroot tastes like. I can't remember oh, really. Good. I it. love oh, good. beetroot. I love beetroot, but I do not need to drink it. What are you Very chucking good. it in, apart from a salad? I just well, eat it on its own. On the, on the Yeah, on the back of that, it sounded snack. quite nice. On the back of the bottle for that, it said, <laughs> it said 150 mils of that, plus 150 mils of a barbecue sauce, a splash of hot sauce, put in some shredded cabbage, carrot and onion, and uh, you've got a nice uh, coleslaw there, but... Nice. Wow. We've gone way off track here. We've gone way off track. Listen, well, I want to talk about this comic, but before we do, we've got time for this. Silent Boomer, X and Millennial, Z and now Alpha, it's time for Generation Bingo Lingo. That's right, uh, Miss Warrelow is going to hit us up with some Gen Alpha Lingo Bingo. Me and Dave are going to guess what it means. Mm. Your word Excellent. of the week, gentlemen, is... Spell that, please. C A P. I'm going to bust a cap in his ass. No, that's nope. 90s gangster. That's a little bit Gen X. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cap. Oh, I've got an idea. Money. You can also use it in the context of no cap. Is it money? Like how much cap you got? It's not money. It's not a physical object. Okay. All right. Put a flower of misery. Cap, yeah, no. It means truth. Oh, you're speaking cap. Yeah, so if, or you're would like, you say the if you're cap. like no cap, you're like not true. No cap. cap. Right, okay. I don't love that one. I'm not gonna lie. No. You don't love it. Okay, no, no cap. No cap. <laughs> no cap. I believe cap. you. So we're true so if I believe he's telling the truth, I would have said cap. I think it's like an equivalent of do you remember when you used to say something and then you'd be like, truth, truth, truth or <laughs> Did <laughs> not do really. that. I don't know what no, the equivalent me. would be. You're always Facts. like very obsessed like, when you're like younger, facts. aren't you? With are you telling the truth or not? Yeah. Hey, listen. No, this podcast is about up. this podcast is about comic. Believe it or not. <laughs> it's not we about have, tea. It's not about <laughs> slang. We have 
concluded our first exciting story arc of Saga, which was issues one through six. We're moving on to issue seven. Very quick recap. Marco, Alana, Hazel and Isabel have escaped from Landfall is the planet, isn't it? Yes, Landfall. And people have been after them. The Will, the Stork, Prince Robot 4. Uh, both of their races have been after them. They've escaped. And the cliffhanger at the end of issue six was a couple of people had teleported onto their rocket ship, forest rocket ship. And it was Marco's mum and dad. The grandparents and unannounced visit. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. What a true cliffhanger that is. No one, <laughs> yeah. no one wants that. So yeah. we always start by looking at the cover of the issue, and it is, we assume it's Marco. I don't covered know why it wouldn't be anyone else. Yeah, he is covered in beetroot <laughs> juice, a.k.a. <laughs> a blood. <laughs> a.k.a. blood. And his sword appears to be impaling some kind of giant bird. Yeah. Which so it looks like assume, his sword is intact. Which we would assume this is from maybe the past, and it mm. is... Uh, someone from Landfall. It is a a winged yeah. resident, as you like to call them, the wings and the horns. Yeah, the wings and the horns. Yeah. <laughs> Although I thought it was a giant bird. Exactly. I thought it wings. wasn't because um I assumed I forgot. I thought that they all had small wings like Alana, but actually we saw that panel, didn't we, where they all had different types of wings. I don't think in this chapter he he kills anything with wings. So no, I think it's, it's one not... of those more metaphorical yeah. kind of abstracty covers. Yeah, it's a gruesome image. Yeah, yes. it's it's effective, definitely. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is going back to the whole thing about does he kind of just lose it completely sometimes, lose control. Yeah. Mm. Lose, and he also looks yeah. a little bit sort of samurai-ish. Yeah. yeah, we haven't really seen much of his past in terms of this sort of power and kind of like war potential sort of warring warrior. We haven't really yeah. seen much of that. So it's a little flash mm. of yeah. that, isn't it? It's, it's seriously striking. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, one of the best better ones. And again, we've got that kind of just single color background behind the image which they seem to do a lot on these covers, and the p- colour palette is really good. The colour palette is also strong on the first opening splash page, which I thought was, for a brief second, I thought that was Hazel. I did too. Yes, right, me boom. too, yeah. Okay, I three. did, and I was like, what is going on? She's got a dog. Yes, because she <laughs> says, That's I should... Re- well, the, na- the narrative makes you think that, because it, the narrative is, I should rewind for a second. So you're like, oh, this is Hazel yeah. in the present. Now let's yeah. go back to how she got there. She has got a dog with horns. It's a big old beast. But it's not Hazel. It's no. not Hazel. It's a young Marco, as we find out when we turn the page, because his mum is calling out Marco. I, lo- I love this bit of writing here. It's just such a tiny sentence, but I think I've read it about five times. It's just Hazel's little wispy voice saying, this is my old man back when he wasn't. And I've read it and I thought back and it's just I just such a sweet little bit of writing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Hazel hey at some point Hazel is most definitely going to be our favourite character of the issue. Yeah. I think at some point, she you know. She keeps writing probably, like that, she, she will keeps be. She's writing like that, she will be, yes, correct. Now, they also do something clever here in these next few pages, which is a flashback to a young Marco with his mum and dad that we have seen enter the spaceship in the present, but now this is in the past. And they do some exposition about how brutal the, the war was between Landfall and Reef, etc. And it's done in the form of seeing these guys enact it 
or in the is a past flashback but then they themselves bring to light a visual memory in the form of a flashback and it what what i've written down my page is sacrifice because we've seen marco has to do a sacrifice of his sword to get on the spaceship there was other sacrifices that needed to be done i think so that hey uh, isabel could soul bond with hazel and here now his mum has to do a sacrifice of sorts by cutting her hand and letting blood go to the to the ground to the, to to bring this past uh, memories to life effectively yeah i wrote down childhood trauma <laughs> yeah i think i think Keeping those two things childhood trauma and sacrifice are going to be running themes yeah i um i loved this whole chapter because it constantly plays between the i i felt like the theme was sort of like the differences in generational parenting and kind of you that that sort of flit between who you are and what you know and your sort of roots but then you know you grow up and you've got different aspirations different ideas for your kids and you have your own family I felt like right from the beginning because we see this this sort of exposure of this memory that his parent that his parents chose to show to him and you know arguably that that is like a really traumatic way yeah. to do that and his face at the end you know this end panel and he's just you know it's drilled it's in there and they have chosen not to sort of like shy away from exposing him when he's really young to the violence like literally like using magic to sort of conjure up so he's he's at the war and I thought that was really interesting because then we sort of like get thrown into you know his present life and we already know he's trying to sort of give up violence and he's trying to sort of do things a bit differently and we've got the grandparents there and yeah I just thought it was like so I just I just thought that was such a clever start to this this book this this second this second book but also this this first chapter because it it just brings to light questions about different approaches to to raising their kids and, and and neither one is like particularly wrong but yeah it's just interesting to think is this a thing that alana and marco would do to hazel probably yeah. not they, they've they've almost not given marco a choice to discover himself what he wants to believe the truth is exactly you know it's if you're born into a family of racists there's a high percentage chance that you will end up being a racist not through you know just through parenting or if you're you know anything like that you know it's a, you're a product of your environment uh and they basically like you said they've drilled it into him from a very young age these are the baddies yes. we are the goodies this is the war and like you said his after this memory has has faded away you know never forget the countless heroes who sacrificed so much and more importantly never forget those evil fucks with the wings so yeah. He he has got he's been predisposed to a certain point of view very young and that's what they want him his view to be. Yeah, and that mindset comes across straight away, doesn't it, in the present with the the whole manner um, and treatment of Alana by the grandparents or at least the mum uh, straight away. They're defensive. They're they're not kind of pleased with her being his chosen one, as it were. Yeah, and that, and yeah, and it's very shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like you said, then we flash forward after that flashback to where we left issue six. Uh, Marco's like, guys, I'd like you to meet Alana, my wife. And then his mum, interestingly, says something in 
not the language which I think is the common you know basic or what we'd call English or whatever she says something in her own language which is probably something derogatory towards Marco or Alana and he's kind of trying to smooth things out Marco and I think he feels look at his on that first panel where he says here's Alana my wife he's kind of smiling I think he thinks he can talk his parents down or or convince them that everything's good you know this is for the best but he's kind of off base isn't he, he, he it's not yeah. really that easy and that's where we get that this lovely tone of humor that they are so good at because we've just seen <laughs> We've just seen what he was exposed to as a kid and obviously how important that was to his parents. And then, you know, the last one of the last things that he was told, you know, yeah. never forget those evil, evil fucks with wings. And then it's like, here's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like, I, a, it so funny. I guess, to his parents, that's a slap in the face. A massive slap in the yeah. face. Total sidebar, but his parents are quite fit. In these um, these past memories, I was like, yeah. "This is this is a good looking family of ram energy." Yeah. Species. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. all warriors, aren't they? I guess so. They're all. Yeah. yeah. They're all looking after themselves. <laughs> they're lean and they're good to go. Yeah, they do. I mean, these are grandparents. They they're they're. Uh, yeah. They're still they're now they're stacked. <laughs> the other thing I will will come on to is. I was expecting this issue to be Marco Alana and Hazel and Isabel on Quietus having chatted with Oswald Heist and Robot on the Wheel arriving there and then some to do. But we actually now get the journey. And although Robot and the Wheel do appear in this, it's just for they're not doing anything. It's just for Hazel's narration. And it's very much just the people on this spaceship forms the whole of this issue mm, so yeah. i'm kind of glad in a way that we didn't jump straight to that mm. confrontation and we got some sort of build-up but one thing that didn't really and again it's it's a it's a it's a story point that uh, staples and vaughn have put in so that alana and marco's dad can be left alone marco's concerned about isabel because his mum evaporated her oh she's banished to where and then he immediately is like right I'll go and save Isabel yeah and it's like why does he suddenly care so much about Isabel that's what it it's is just it's a... a babysitter you know you can't lose those they're like gold dust <laughs> yeah. they that's what I would have been like I would have been there as well I'd be like no we need that person yeah. she's more important uh, than anything else you know it's clearly a story idea just to just to get a couple of the characters alone together so something can can transpire but I just thought it was felt a little bit fakeish or a bit out of character and then as soon as marco's right i'm gonna go and save her and uh, his mum's like oh i better go with him the boy needs help so she's now jumped after marco and yeah and they've got these off. magical masks that we didn't have any understanding yeah. of what they are oh, i was cool. a little bit like ah where's he going how's he getting there um yeah this all happened very fast and this is cool Crash though he kind of takes That's what they're called. his dad's axe or whatever and he cleaves almost like a hole in the air and it's yeah. almost like a teleportation portal that he just jumps through and his mum follows him and they're gone and then the portal closes up yeah you know i'm yeah, assuming like they've got some kind of energy signature or she banished isabel so maybe she knows where she banished her to the local the nearest planet or something uh, and they're off to, to try and rescue her which of course leaves alana and marco's dad and she has a cool line here which there's a blank mm. panel and then she's cool so glad I got to do all this in a towel. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
This is what happens when grandparents show up unannounced. Yeah, it's the awkwardness no. when you just had a baby and like everyone's coming around and you're just like, your boobs are always out and you just look like a state. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly, he says, the child, is it normal? Mm. Yeah. I like the way she responds to that. Not by saying, no, she's not normal. She's perfect. Yeah. Like, obviously, perfect isn't normal, is it? So I like that kind of play on language. Yeah. Now, was that, what, what was he... What was he suggesting not normal would be? I know. I was like, I haven't seen anything normal in this whole world so <laughs> yeah. far. So I don't know what that would be. Now, for is him. it because potentially when uh, Rethians and Clevians have Clevians. mated in the past, if it has happened, that the, the offspring, there have been difficulties or issues? I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe that's something. Has it even won't happened in the past? I don't know if. I don't. I th- I feel like they're the first. Right. Okay. Yeah. First. That's ever. why they're trailblazers. Ones after. Them. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Right. I th- I wondered if he he was asking if if it had wings. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And Which he. We don't know. Um, what 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 do we think of him initially here? Because he's a bit confrontational, but then he's like, oh, "Please, I just want to look at her." So then is the the doting grandfather in him kind of taken over, and he is interested and you kind of let your guard down a little bit yeah i flip-flopped the well, whole way through with him she doesn't let her guard um, down because she no. ties him up in vines yeah i like that i was like hold your boundaries love yeah yeah well, she <laughs> says i'm not doing anything you're not seeing the kid yeah. until our other halves this get is my back. baby moon you're not supposed to be here yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. he's um he's like marco isn't he i think he's a bit of the kind of softer side right and the grandmother is definitely the harder tougher one who's a bit maybe less patient a bit less understanding yeah which maybe explains yeah explain explains marco and his characteristics a bit doesn't it yeah possibly possibly um we we do then get to see her uh his, his mum you know be a a bit more kind of in Marco's face so to speak and not afraid mm. to kind of chastise her son or stand up to him because they've now jumped down to this planet to try and rescue Isabel and we also understand now how they found them because we didn't really question that at the end of the last issue how have Marco's parents suddenly ported into this rocket ship but now we know that when he sacrificed the sword they somehow could trace its energy to their location mm. and she's not too happy about him no, she's desecrating just like, your family's you, oldest yeah. weapon, as she puts it. Yeah, and again, I think we've got this this conflict of old, new world, um, and and it's sort of interesting because no one's wrong, really. Um, you know, they have their their history and their values, and and he, you know, has this kind of new relationship and his family and. It's just like this constant sort of like friction between what's been um, and what the future might be, which is very, very relevant, isn't it? In lots of different um, themes across in our in our real world. But I I liked this with with them too, actually. And I kind of liked that she was just like, oh, she basically just wanted to say to him, you have been a real plonker <laughs> like you've led everyone here you've broke your family heirloom it's just a real like classic mum is pissed with her yeah. son and she still doesn't believe there's nothing marco at this point can say 
to make his mum believe that he's in love with Alana and Alana's in love with him because his mum even says he, he, his mum calls Alana his little wartime concubine. So, you know, she's still of the opinion that, that you know, I know you put it about, blah, 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 but we, we all know she means nothing to you and it was just a fling, you know, let's get you back to Gwendolyn, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's nothing Marco can say to convince his mum at this point, I don't think. It feels like they're both, well, the mum at least, are just hardened soldiers at this point, even though they're grandparents. It feels like they're so in the throes of the war that all can, she can, it's all consuming. She's not like, she's not retired. She's not living the life of a, a regular kind of grandparent. So no, all that I she don't thinks see much, about is them I don't see much compassion in her, really. No. It's like she's mm. still on edge all the time. So maybe, I mean, no, I don't think they were active soldiers because they... I think they sold their house, they said, to come and look up, to come yeah. and find him. So I guess they were kind of not active, but it seems like they are still got yeah. that mindset. Although they did, she says, they reached out to Reith High Command to find out what was going on. So, you know, they're obviously, I think they probably held high positions in the Reith military at some point to mm. be able to still have a contact in Reith High Command to say, look, my son has been, air quotes, kidnapped by uh, this Alana chick uh, and forced against his will you know, is there any word on where they are? So I think they probably still have got connections and ties within the military. Yeah. To be revealed, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at one point, I think the mum says, yeah, we're not from a normal family or you're not from a normal family on, uh, on Reith. So yeah, they're obviously important people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But they do have to band together. They have to put their differences aside because suddenly a massive bone, no pun intended, comes down and almost crashes into them. And you turn the page to find out where it's come from. And it's wow. a big dude holding a big bone. And he has got four, three eyes. He's a, he's a triclops, I guess. He's pretty much overweight. And he's got a big testicular sack. Yes. <laughs> His bag is swinging away, isn't it? Yes. Crikey. Hmm. And when yes. I turn the page on that, I just burst out laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's probably the response <laughs> yeah. they were graphic, going for. It's graphic, this comic, isn't it? <laughs> Yes. Oh my god, he's yeah, we'll massive post, purple warty penis. We'll post the socials up, uh, post the images up on the socials. No, I don't think, I think that's his nutsack no, hanging down. That's I think his balls, yeah. No, I think it's a away. little uncircumcised penis. Oh yeah, no, his, li- his penis, yeah. he's got a little micro penis. Yeah, yeah you haven't looked at it carefully. <laughs> micro penis with a big, big pube sack and then a big yeah, warty. This is an old guy, the um, balls are nearly touching the floor. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and his it's butt cheeks fun. are hanging low. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you can see him from the front. They're in trouble. They're in T rubble here. They're so tiny. Yeah. Compared to him. But I like how he's like, don't look, don't look. I think he's like, don't look because it's sort of like, you know, it's graphic. It's yes. it's rude. Not yes. like, don't look because there's an actual monster that might scary. kill us. Yeah, he might kill yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's TBC. That's TBC because we don't actually find out what happens to those guys for the rest of this issue. We do get a couple of pages of narration from Hazel. And this is where I mentioned, you know, we see Prince Robot in the... He co-opted the Storks spaceship and he's on his way to Quietus. We see the Will and he's moping around. He's yeah. not made is his way home? to Quietus. He kind of looks like he's hanging out like he's at home. Yeah, he's on a beach, I think. Look, Lion Cat's on a beach getting her, getting her tail nipped by a lobster and he's just watching old videos of himself Sex tapes, sex tapes of himself yeah. with the stork. Yeah, yeah, just sitting there Weird. enjoying it, reminiscing. Yeah. 
Yeah. His boxes would just say personal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like so, yeah. this bit where we got to see Prince Robot and we got to see the will because I've sort of been craving everyone coming together. Um, and I like that. I like that they, you know, they keep reminding us where people are. Yes. Because I am, I'm excited, yeah, for... Yeah. And I like the fact that neither Robot or The Will are speaking in these pages, you know. Yeah, I, li- I like, yeah, it's, it's like a sort yeah, of... Yeah, I don't know if I've seen that before. Robot's, no. Robot looks kind of melancholy almost somehow. I don't know how they've managed to, Fiona's managed to transcribe that just through a couple of images, but he feels just a little bit... <sighs> another here we go blah 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 and the will is clearly a broken man at this point i think and once he gets his shit together he has got murder on his mind this bit worked it worked really well this which I, which is so clever because it's you're sort of in the depths of this story with big purple bollocks and then we've got this sort of like quiet moment that that's not it's not storytelling we've just got hazel's sort of voice and we just get to see these characters almost just like a check-in of what's going on with them and I was really surprised that I it really did make sense to me because obviously I'm still quite new to reading in this format and I really was able to just be like oh yeah we're having a pause we're just zooming out this is what these guys are doing okay cool and I've got this nice um she always just has this nice sort of philosophical uh, narrative over the top um, and it really did it really did work and I loved the sort of change in pace um, yeah. I really really enjoyed that little look at those guys interlude you don't expect that do you I suppose in comics you assume that it's all action-packed you know I've got 25 pages here to tell an action-packed story for kids but that's you know that's not what this comic is this is like just for adults this is kind of what a novel would be but in comic form and as you say there would be chapters in a comic where you're just kind of in a novel where you're just kind of checking in on other characters they might not be doing much but you're kind of describing the scene and where everyone is at the same time yeah and it makes it much more difficult in this format because you've got so much less page space than a chapter in a novel you know if you don't Mm. grab the reader then what they might not come back so you can't really have 22 pages of downtime but just putting but in I like those the confidence. Two, perfect, yeah. I like the confidence yeah. of, of taking that time and not filling panels full of text. And yeah, that's, that's how I write my comic. This is quite sparse with um, dialogue and, and narrative and stuff. I like the pictures, you know, to tell 50% of the story. Yeah, really. yeah, definitely, definitely. Speaking of confidence, Alana, we go back to the rocket ship. Alana seems to have a lot of confidence here. She's just munching on some fruit which the rocket ship has produced and she is back in control of the situation now I think mm. you know she's got Marco's father tied up she's still in a towel with Hazel but she's eating some fruit she's looking more relaxed and in control um, because she you know thinks he's tied up he can't get out and obviously we've seen his race this this race use spells before we see Marco do it and you know he himself um, does a spell we- we have this lead-in from um, Hazel who says there's only one thing that can really destroy yeah. a family and we all know what that is, right? What do we think she means? What she means you... family, I assume. She means other family from members. Within. No, no, your own family is the only thing that can mess up Yeah, that's what family. I thought. I, or I didn't know if it was family specifically drama. like in-laws or no. like specifically your own parents. <laughs> I think it was just any, any blood relative. Yeah, yeah. 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 Lots of people we all know, I'm sure, who've had big falling outs with their family, and that's 
the downfall of it. Yeah. yeah. So who's going to be the who's going to be the family destroyer? Is it going to mm. be Marco's dad? No, I had faith. Yes, I think he's going to be one of the ones bringing people together. Yeah. Yeah. Because he manages to get out of his vine binding yeah. by telling a secret that no one knows. And the secret he tells is a bit of a bombshell. It's one of the, the big bombshell of the issue it because is, he yeah. says, I have less than a month to live. Yeah. Now, we've only met him a few pages ago, but already that feels like something big. You know, it could just be, ah, who cares? Who's this dude? It doesn't matter if he's got a month to live. But they've managed to build him up in the few pages and that flashback was showing Marco what's happened in the war and stuff. It, it feels like he is an important character already. I don't know if that's partly just because he's family, isn't he? He's blood. Yeah. So it feels yeah, like yeah. that's inherently an important person to the story. Um, I did think it was a, a little bit out of nowhere, a bit cheesy. I keep using the word cheesy, but that kind of, oh, we need a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. he's dying I, in a month. I didn't mind this one, actually. I, th- I thought this one was okay um, because he's it's a secret because he hasn't told his wife, which mm. is probably the one, the first person that he is most likely to tell. Well, it's interesting because yeah. now they have a secret, um, Alana, and I've forgotten his name. Does he have a name? Um, oh, is it know, Marco's actually. dad. Is it Bar? Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think it's B A W R. I think so. Now they share a secret, so it sort of forces them in a way to be allies. And I think as soon as they were left alone, I was sort of like, okay, are they going to get on? Are they going to suddenly bond because of the baby? And they kind of come together and put aside their differences because of that. And then I think it was sort of like, no, she (laughs) she had him tied up and was very much not into it. And they were just, you know, talking about history. But now they have this secret and it's almost like it's a way of forcing perspective again. So it's like, even though you have that history, we have the, the baby, which is bigger. And now he's dying, which is bigger. And it's kind of like, are you all gonna be able to sort of like look above from these different like, things that you're clinging on to from the past like can you get beyond them to to sort of come together and and we've got a nut we've already got hazel but now we have this death as well so we've got life and death that are sort of asking them can you can you like move beyond this stuff that you cling to to build these relationships and have a sense of family and i guess we will find out but he's just poured magic all over her and she's passed out so currently it's still not looking great yeah so their relationship (laughs) has already gone through several states already you know there was animosity then he told the secret and then she's let her guard down a little bit and then he's now put the spell on her and they've kind of gone back to not being enemies but on opposite sides and also what does it say about his relationship with his wife that he hasn't told her and she uh, alana even says why haven't you told her so what what's stopping him i imagine that's quite common potentially do you think when someone receives bad health needs that for at least a while people you want to protect your maybe maybe but like you say emma he he has now thrown some magic space dust in alana's face she has now fallen unconscious he's grabbed hazel and you look at the last page beautiful goddamn name and you've got alana on the floor in a fetal position and i think his name's bar holding hazel shot from above and what is he going to do with hazel because it could go one of two ways really he could now suddenly wait for the missus to get back and then light out with the kid he could get out with the kid now or he could still be around when they come back yeah that whole thing about um 
they're not getting on and they've come from different places, different generations. I imagine that much like with all of us, I'm sure, as soon as there's a baby involved, it just melts everyone, doesn't it? It breaks down all those barriers. It creates um, immediate hope. bonding hope, and hope. I think, yeah. And yeah, like people that you wouldn't expect to completely dote on a child and to kind of be brought together by a baby. Like my brothers, for example, who I show no interest in children. My parents, who can be quite standoffish. As soon as, you know, there's a new member of the family, new blood and a lovely child to dote on just brings everyone together so I imagine that you know they're all gonna soon become quite a firm tight unit yeah and that's how I felt the way he takes the baby he's you know he's been very careful um and he's sort of like Hazel eh and he's sort of been very careful and he's really sort of cradling the baby in here in this this image he looks you know he's looking down on her he looks like a sort of doting grandparent and then he says beautiful goddamn name and it's just like I felt like it, you know if you don't see Ilana <laughs> passed out on the floor yeah. you're like oh this is the moment where he's like gazing into Hazel's eyes and yes. falling in love with his grandchild but we do still have this issue that he's he's just yes. he's just passed out the so mum. We, we yeah. have now got quite a few intriguing questions uh hopefully be answered in the coming issues like what's he gonna do with the kid yeah. Is he going to tell his missus that he's got a month to live? Are they going to find Isabel? Is she going to come back? What's the mother's stance going to be when she comes back to the spaceship? There's quite a lot of unresolved questions here. Uh, I'm not saying we need them all answered in the next issue, but it's it's going to be interesting uh, to see what happens in the next one for sure. And the really big question, is the giant a good co cosplay option? Well, well. I want to see it. I don't want to see it. Well, actually, no, I do. It's probably better rage, than the real thing. Yeah, I'd rather see a cosplay than the real thing. That's a lot of prosthetics. Yes. Now, what's, uh, well, there's another question there. Then, what is does the does the giant slash troll thing reappear in the next issue? Do you think yes or no, or yes. do they just talk um, as if they have dispatched him or run away? Oh, you gotta see that thing fall. Okay, fine. Yeah. So you're saying he comes back. A full on action. It's too, it's with the too graphic. Around. You can't just put a big, you can't put a ball sack that big in without seeing a, a resolution. On a splash okay. page. Right. Oh, yeah. No splashes. <laughs> we so, want to know more about that ball sack. I mean, that character. I wonder if he's got a name and a backstory. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do need my to... favorite character of the chapter. Oh, well, I was going to say two questions. Two last questions are. Favourite character from the issue? Yeah, Big Fat Bullsack Man. Big Fat Bullsack Troll. Dave? Yeah. <laughs> big Fat Bullsack. Yep. Okay, agreed. I'm going Alana. He steals I'm it, going Alana. He? Without saying anything. I'm going Alana. I thought she was had Hazel's best interests at heart here. What Wasn't rising to any of the bait. And unfortunately got put to sleep by magic space dust. Uh, parenting yep. rating out of five? Awful. He's just gone. I guess, yeah, he's yeah, just... He's... Well, I'm splitting them. I'm saying Alana five, but I'm giving Marco a two point five. Yeah, as a co-parenting, I'd give them a three in this one. Okay, I might give them slightly the benefit of the doubt because, as a good part of parenting is um, knowing when to have a break, not being afraid to ask for a break. I think, like Emma said in an earlier episode, <laughs> and you know, you need that babysitter for that. So I could see he's thinking long term. But he he the what what's his affection for? Isabel because a deal was made for Hazel's soul when he was completely unconscious so yeah I'm not sure would he give two shits about her but mm, I don't, know. I don't know. know or maybe he's partly worried that 
um, if something happens to her, something happens to Hazel. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was obviously I a story device by the creators to get them out of the rocket ship. So let's hope they've got a good reason for Marco wanting to go after Isabel that can um, wave that away. But there you go. That was issue seven of Saga. We had a good time. Uh, we do, in fact, we did, in fact, have an email come in. <gasps> we, did. we did have an email come so in. So you did just... get Louise to listen after all. Okay, yeah. So we got an email. It's coming from uh, Bluegills and Tommy Cox. And Mr. Bluegills and Tommy Cox says, Hi, team. Last week's pod was a high watermark. Bravo. My question is simple. Just how good is Saga? I'm coming from a place of moderate comic book reading experience, and Saga is by far the most engaging thing I've read. It can be gloriously random whilst always maintaining laser-focused storytelling. But my question stands. In the great pantheon of comics, how highly is Saga regarded by you personally and the greater comic book community? I guess, Dave, you might have to field this one. I I might give it a stab. Well, I mean, Chief, I was automatically going to go to you because you've made your own list of every single comic you've ever read right so where is saga in the list i have i basically have a list called every story ever where when i read a story i put it on the list it's got about two and a half thousand comic stories on it wow i only start i didn't know i did i've been reading comics for 40 years i probably only started this list five years ago and one of the caveats was i'm not allowed to put a some put something on the list from memory so for example watchmen is one of the most celebrated comics of all time. I think it's really good, but I haven't read it recently in the, in the last five years, so I'm not. I can't put it on the list until I've reread it. So that is one of the caveats. And Saga is not on the list because when I was reading it in real time, when I was getting the monthlies, I didn't rank it. So it currently is not on the list. However, oh, wow. it's going to rank very highly. And I did put a question out on a Facebook comic group when that uh, email came in, just to ask popular opinion only one person has replied and they said i think it's one of the greats it's one i always go to to encourage friends to try comics no one expects the things that you see in saga so that's one person's opinion thinks it stands quite high in the pantheon of great comic book stories so emma from your scant my favorite from your (laughs) scant comic book reading obviously you've got not a lot to compare it to but if you in a way try and compare it to some other reading experiences like some novels or things like that would you would this be something that you might revisit so you know maybe in five years time or ten years time would you pull it out and try and read it again do you think yeah it's 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 a really different experience for me I I think if I wasn't doing this podcast I would probably blitz it and I don't know I don't really know if that's the way to enjoy it actually I quite like that I'm having to not read ahead because I'm trying to to not know what's coming up obviously have you cheated yet at all I've read two I've read two like back to back um but I'm just desperate to just read the whole thing but I have these sort of little moments where I just sort of disappear for half an hour and do one and that's it and that's quite an unusual way of reading for me I if I have a book on the go I tend to read it in quite lengthy chunks um and then if I haven't got another book to go on to I just have a kind of paralysis and I don't know what to read but I guess also from this scenario you're reading it with a secondary agenda of firstly hoping to enjoy what you're reading but secondly you know you're going to have to talk for 40 minutes about what you're reading so yeah does do do you uh, when you're reading you're almost kind of 
thinking of not clever things to say but oh we, we must discuss that or oh that piqued my interest or yeah so, so that, it almost lengthens the experience the reading experience that in itself is has also been quite interesting for me because uh, th- this this whole podcast for me is like pure play as you know I'm sort of um play is my thing and what I sort of talk and read and research and write about and this whole thing is is play for me I'm not doing this podcast for like you know a job or anything like that although you know when we get sponsored by Dorset Tea we'll be laughing (laughs) um and it is it is the process of um imagination and also there's a little bit of kind of I suppose a little bit of like intellectual stimulation because yeah I sort of there's certain things that I'm spotting that I'm just lingering on a little bit more because I might want to talk about them. And I know lots of people have book clubs um, and I thought I always understood why people did that. It just sounds, I've never been in one, but it does sound great and it is the sort of thing that I'd love, but I've never actually done it. And the the process of reading something that you're then going to talk about in a sort of, not, not like this is like professional, but it is slightly you know, slightly formal as a book club probably is as well. It it is a really like, it's sort of extended experience of your imagination. Um, It's really, the whole thing has been, it's been great for me. I'm really, um, really enjoying it. And because I'm sort of, you know, again, talking, thinking a lot about play, I find that doing this is showing up in my creativity in other places. I think right. just having that sort of like fluidity with my imagination plus the sort of intellectual, just like f- fun and thinking about these things where there's no pressure. Um, yeah. yeah, it's having a really sort of positive effect on, yeah, how, how creative I'm being in other areas. Yeah, well, I've just flicked over to the cover for issue eight and it's a banger and I'm going to close the book there. Oh, I want that in my house. That's my favourite cover. That's it's good, brilliant. I like the yeah. fact that yeah, there's so many um, twists and turns and um, cliffhangers in this that in reading it previously, it's just all gone. You forget it all. But as you say, if you sleep on it, you live with it for a week, kind of thing. You know, it's just you get to enjoy it more. You think back on it and you remember it. Yeah, you um, get to picture the uh, giant nutsack for a whole week. Now. Yeah, exactly. I'll be thinking about that all night. <laughs> yeah, I need at least a week to process that. There's yeah. another um, comic that you might like, Emma, called Unwritten or The Unwritten. Okay by Mike Carey and it's similarly kind of well intellectual I don't like to really use the word intellectual but fairly highbrow it's kind of like um Harry Potter in a way and it's a, I guess okay. it's kind of a a take or not a parody but it's like a take on Harry Potter but it's it, yeah it's about you know um a character who's a, a character in a book but then he becomes real and the son of the author it all kind of intertwines and it moves between those the worlds of reality and and the story and it's really really well written um cool. so it, almost the second book club potential but we've got so many issues of saga we'll never get to it yeah but <laughs> well we yeah, will that does sound really good because even though i'm enjoying the format i've got no interest in superhero comics no. like mm. i'm just not interested in i'm loving the the comic experience and yeah, it's just so, it's such an interesting, the whole thing's been really interesting for me to think about different ways of reading and like visual imagination. But I just, yeah, I've got no desire, even though I'm enjoying no. it, to go and read yeah. about superheroes. Not it's just not my much. thing. Well, you it's don't have to, thing. if you want to read comics, you don't have to yeah. read superheroes. There's so much stuff out there and we will be slotting in some other comics along the way because when we catch up to 
the present publishing the book will still be coming out monthly so obviously we'll just be doing one episode of what a saga per month so in those three intervening weeks we'll need to fill those with some other comic talk so there's plenty of opportunity to slip in some other little mini series or little short stuff uh, in those weeks but that is something in the future of our podcast um in the present it's now time for you to go to bed emma i think you said you're having an early night i am dave's probably got some housework to do or washing up uh, i've got, got a, food i've got to go and uh, do a live instagram stream with your husband emma uh, we're going to play sonic 2 right <laughs> cool okay. i'll check that out yes uh we'll see who can complete it the fastest but listen uh, we have been the water saga crew if the people want to get hold of you emma or check out your work where can they do that yeah you can find me on instagram at playful underscore den and you can listen to my podcast which is called people who play okay that's cool uh dave where can the good people find your work um at wimblet on twitter w-i-m B L E double T. I just realised that people wouldn't have no idea how to spell Wimblet. Um, and on Instagram at the underscore covert underscore creator, where there's occasionally put toy stuff up, comic stuff up, childish stuff up. Yeah. Cool. Cool. You can it. find the chief over at Armor Geekden over on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Or you can hit us up. We are What a Saga on Instagram and What a Saga at gmail.com for all those emails you want to send us i know you want to send us an email so get off your behind and send us an email send us an email and we'll give you a free shout out like blue gills and tommy cox guaranteed yes um right that's about it then uh we're gonna wrap it up we got stuff to do but we will catch you next week oh no that's not our close it is it yeah we've been what a saga and make sure you don't have a saga unless it's reading this comic book or listen to this fine podcast laters Thank you.